0: Hello, everyone welcome to there will be dungeons for sunday september 13 2020 i'm scott johnson with bo schwartz john jagger kristen ashton and kyle ferguson and baby chunks is along with us as well and we are here yet again to spend some time with you playing dungeons and dragons and you might want to do it with some refreshing uh tea beverages which you can get over at uh teacom slash twbd every tea in that link is based on something we've done in our campaign at one time or another and I recommend all of them. So go check them out, phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD. Let's waste no time and get started. Let's throw it over to Kristen, and she'll tell us what happened last time on There Will Be Dungeons.
1: Last time on There Will Be Dungeons, the reunion resolved roughly. Nash tore towards Stanley, Varel, bok and Chunks. They dashed to their domicile. Stanley dyspeptically decried Hope's decision, and Varel celebrated her selection. Tempers still teeming, a trip to the tieflings would be taken, but before bolting, Bok Bok chose Chunks to learn from the lizard, growing the group's four into five. They took to the tiefling town where Nobieri roused a ritual of full flames, awakening Abigreer, an ancient ascended tiefling. She told Hope of more than mortality and of predestined pastings fostered by fighting for a future. Next, Hope sought the survivors' stories, ending with Stanley, Nash, and Varel. Stanley storied about his human mother and elven father of a love that lasted growing up, but he was an obtainable oddity. His parents were purged to derive him for display. His torturer taught him a new tongue, one that welcomed the murderer's memory every time he talked. And now, after dying and resurrecting, he was lost, not recognizing reality. Nash shared his youth in the solar mines. He and his friends were treated tamely, tokened with treasures from an ancient age, Then the sores started, and the kindness canceled, and Nash realized his fanciful future was false. He roused a rebellion, burned everything to the ground, and departed. Viril told his tale through titles earned by great and grand deeds. After finishing, the area was named the harbor where all were welcome to rest and refine their routes. Varel, Nash, Hope, and Chunks continued to the cottage, but Stanley stayed to speak with Emanil. She had fallen for him during their time together in Tietcala and was relieved at his return, but Stanley denied her dotage, dour with the details of his death. Meanwhile, as the rest returned, Varel sensed the scent of his own. They asked Lyriel about any lingering lizard folk, but she knew none. They stalled for Stanley before leaving to find the familiar foil. Now we join our already adventuring adventurers. What lizard folk is living in the woods? Can Stanley come to terms with his troubled tales? And what challenges will Chunk's chance? Stay tuned for today's adventure within the sacred halls and green walls of (laughs) Elhandar.
0: All right, Bo, it's back to you. Take it away.
2: All right, when last we left off, I believe it was you were entering the cottage, correct?
0: Does anyone rem- remember that? <sighs> John, you're the steel memory here. Oh, sorry. My headphones just <laughs> I'm
3: unplugged. The, I'm the tired steel memory. I don't remember what we were doing at the end of the all last right.
0: I'm
2: fairly certain that was the case. Sorry, I didn't mean to make it such a survey out of it. <laughs> um, all right. When last you left off, you were entering into the cottage by the lake in the biodome of Alhandar, uh, for all intents and purposes, simulated a real the wilderness with beautiful tall pine trees and fresh forest air. You were just coming back from one second, sorry. I was hearing hearing a knock at my front door. Uh, It's not really what's happening. Um, You were just coming back from uh, Nobieri's uh, in the Tiefling settlement after Hope uh, discussed what was going to be happening next. Upon returning, everyone, single file, solemnly, had entered in the cottage, one by one, going in. And as you go, as as you enter, uh, the smell of delicious a delicious meal wafts into your nose and you enter into the cottage um, you enter into the cottage and the door closes behind you and you see Liriel you know going from one part of the stove you know to the, to the sink moving dishes cutting vegetables hard to tell what's going on but she seems very engrossed in her effort um, likely above uh Nash, uh, sorry, Angela Ashley and her kids are um, uh, likely resting in their room. bok and Chunk seem to be sitting in the living area discussing something in Goblin uh, with each other. But no sooner has the door closed than you hear a on the door. Everyone turns to look around and there's a tableau of the heroes of the waste going, huh? <laughs> as the door knocks.
0: Are we all, in, we're all in the same space,
2: right? No one's, you're all inside the cottage. Having just walked in from last week.
0: Uh, I'll get it. Says Nash and he'll go open it or no, you know what he'll do. He'll go up to it and go, who is it?
2: Um, Okay, so you want to you want to yell out through the door? Yeah,
0: through the door. I'm going to go. Who is it? Um,
2: hello. It's uh.
0: Well, it's uh.
2: The Elven Welcoming Party. How about that?
0: Why did you hesitate?
2: I, I didn't. It was um. I don't know. Some affectation of the mind or something. It's just <laughs> really nothing sinister behind it. Um. I would uh, like become, to become bearing gifts and welcomes.
4: Mm, I, I would like to go to the front window and press my face against the glass so I can see <laughs> sideways. Yeah, <laughs>
2: I love that. Uh, so it begins. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> you're not being stealthy about this, right? You're just no, no your face. No, yeah. 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 All right. Uh, so you press your face against the glass, look out, and you see um, five elves. All, uh, it, there's one that's up, like, up at the door, and four behind them. Um, four of the elves are dressed in what seems to be some casual attire, so, like, you know, very a plain, like, sort of gray beige tops and slacks with like sandals. And one of them is dressed in black, uh, the black, the same bl- like military blacks as the, the, um, as you saw on the ship arriving here. In fact, as you scrutinize a little further, you see that it's Admiral Chrysorius among the party. And then as as that happens, another elf with long blonde hair darts out from the tree line and rushes to join them, slowing down his jog as he gets closer, an elf you don't recognize.
4: I convey that to Nash.
0: Varel, what do you think? Are we letting him in?
4: Was it the leader that was talking, the one we, the captain we knew from the ship?
0: No,
2: in fact, it was a, mm. it's one of the ones you don't recognize that was knocking on the door.
0: Should we. Seems we...
4: official. They're likely here for therapy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, all right. Just be on your guard, everyone. I'm opening this door. So far, these guys have been fine. But I'll open it.
2: Okay, you open it, and the uh, uh, the elves are there. They smile, and the one in the front says, um, that was speaking to you, Nash, says, thank you so much for opening the door. we've We've come bearing gifts. If you would please invite us in. We'd love to have a small chat with you.
0: Okay, come on in.
2: All right, and the lead one, you notice, has a big basket, and inside the basket, as he lifts it up, And to show you and hand it to you, Nash, you see that there's an array of delicious and ripe vegetables and fruits and coal cuts and even slices of larger pieces of meat. Just a cornucopia of the best of a farmer's market could have to offer. And the elf lifts it up and hands it to you and he says, from our finest, um, from the finest uh, purveyors of such things in the biodome, all fresh Ingredients for you.
4: I love the idea of an elf market with cold cuts where they're, they got the saw going and they're doing the, Ooh, is that thin enough for you? And like,
0: no, no. Yeah. yeah, a little thinner. Could be thinner. So hold on a second. Is there anything I, does anyone on the team table talk have a way to tell if we just let a bunch of vampires in? Because it occurs to me that you have to let them in. I don't know if the rules apply in this, in Bo's particular d world or not, but vampires usually have to be invited in and we just did it. I'm just
3: yeah. There well, are other you, tests. You just did it. I know. Well, let's be let's be clear. Who okay, did it? I just you let did him it. in, <laughs> uh, and now I, we now we live with it. We'll find out if they're vampires. Okay,
4: I don't think we ever figured that out as characters. We did the attic fight. We knew that Monsoon Cabbage was a vampire, but I don't think characters you, ever there connected. There was a whole
3: thing about him needing to be invited in for the to be able to get in, but I don't remember if our characters know that or if we know that. Yeah. Oh, well. They're in. Either way, Nash invited.
0: Okay, Biden. so they're in no matter what. We deal I with mean, whatever players, if you want do you guys know if reflections
3: are a thing? <laughs> or not? If no, you, you know, we
2: definitely yeah. don't know that. No, not It's definitely on brand for me to send not one but five vampires at you for interesting encounters, tm. But like you know,
0: <laughs> well, maybe Nash, don't worry Nash, about Nash it. would know this. The <laughs> Nash would know the mirror thing because he read the Twilight books. Remember, they're part of. He had those in the.
2: Oh, so what else do you remember from Twilight? Well, the problem check.
0: is I don't remember if Twilight had the mirror thing or not because they definitely had. But, but yeah, make
2: a history, but we don't have. You don't have to actually remember, okay. right? Your character right. can roll history checks to see if they know that knowledge and All they right. can assist you. Then let's do it. So there's an angle for you. All right, so let's do a. It's it's the established canon that that
0: Nash has read the Twilight novel. Yeah, that we <laughs> done. <laughs> we have definitely done that in the in the past. All right, here we go. Uh, ooh, a nat twenty and a plus three, so a twenty three.
2: Okay, so now I don't know what the version of vampires is in the novels because I haven't read them. So could still be inaccurate for those who've read the books. I apologize, but you seem to recall if, that there were quite a few tests when it comes to a vampires. One, they detest garlic. Two, you know, to the point of death. Right, it's right. deathly. They're deathly ill around garlic, and they, you also remember that um, they don't have reflections.
0: Okay. So um, there,
2: you have other options to test for them, the two that you immediately thought of.
0: Then knowing that, I would want to look around the room and just see what we've got in the in this way of mirrors.
2: I well, take a look around and there seems to be a hutch uh, in the uh, sort of living area, the social common area, mm-hmm. and it has on the back of it a mirror. In, in addition to all the plates and, and, and cups it appears to store in the hutch, there is a mirror atop it. If you could get them to stand in front of it, you're you might get an answer.
0: Okay. I'm going to say one of the grand traditions we have in our uh, group here is that we like to introduce people to our, our hutch full of goods and have you uh, appraise them see if you like what you see. So please step over here and look at this hutch full of beautiful. <laughs> deception
2: roll, please. Okay.
5: Hold
0: on.
3: Just love that Nash invites somebody in, thinks, "Oh shit, what if they're vampires?" and then makes them look in a mirror. Uh, it's
0: a fairer I'm gonna find it point. myself. All right, what am I? What deception you said? <laughs> the people
2: are like, "You do so much work." I'm like, "I just bring NPCs in, and then they, <laughs> Scott gets a hold of them."
0: That's right. You said deception, right?
2: Um, yes, please. Uh, that's a seventeen. Sorry, I'm still gonna sneeze a second. Sorry. All right maybe it's just it's on its way like why you know that
3: why are you being weird about it
2: it's because it's on its way why are you making the sneeze weird though it's in a 50
0: percent s- oh it went away you, you made it go back in it go away <laughs> thanks so, so wait, one back of the chairs somebody get on wikipedia and put one of the cures well john being being there just have john there and your sneeze will go away i like it he's like
2: why, <laughs> why are you being weird i'm like sneezes are weird i'm super
0: triggered
5: <laughs> Sneezes are normal <laughs>
2: Alright, so did okay. I see <laughs> You guys are too funny. Um, so the... Sorry, what was a roll? This is 17. Okay. Uh, so the elf in the front says... Um, oh, he looks back and he says, um, just me or all of us?
0: Every, uh, oh, everyone. We, we, love, uh, we love to have... You know, there's a tradition. We like to do this here. It's an important uh, tradition. We like to uphold. So, come on in. Oh, it's very just well, I,
2: I, I speak for all of us when we would like to show the appropriate respect and deference to your to your beliefs. Um, come everyone, and everyone walks in and you notice that each of them have baskets also filled with tons of food uh, and except for the admiral, the, the two in black. The admiral and the elf you don't know in black. Um, but all six of them come in and make their way to were you directing them in front of the hutch? Or yeah, just like sort of that? like, you know,
0: arms out sort of directing tourist tra- traffic okay. to our
2: sweet hut. They all they all walk towards the front of the hutch and you look to your left to see okay, do they have reflections and you see all six accounted for.
0: Okay, they're all reflected back. Yeah. Okay. Um I won't break I'll, I'll let them I'll let them gaze for a minute and say Ah, thank you. Our customs have been upheld. So now, now uh, back to the you know, you're here now. It's good. Turn around. Let's. We don't need to look at this anymore. I'll say.
2: <laughs> well, very good. Um, where can we put these gifts we've brought?
0: Uh, we better ask the doctor, since she's in charge around here. It's her. P- if Kristen doesn't mind doing a few Liriel lines. Oh, if she's not. I didn't notice she wasn't about. on camera. My so bad. Here she is. Yes.
2: So, uh, Anash Oh, you probably heard. You had your headphones off, sorry.
1: Oh, yes, welcome, welcome. Dinner is about to be served. Shall I set more plates?
2: Oh, marvelous. Actually, um, Liriel, uh, we've had quite a busy afternoon and haven't had time for repast yet. Uh, would it be too much of a... In position, if we could partake in some of your meal tonight, uh, we could help cook the extra that's required. Oh
1: no, no, no! I will set the extra plates. You all have a wonderful time here, and please let me know if anybody needs anything.
2: Beautiful, thank you so much. And they, uh, where can we set these down, please?
1: Oh, I'll take them. One moment, and she'll ferry them off to the kitchen, one by one.
2: All right, one by one. They, the four, the four. um casually dressed elves uh, hand you their, their baskets of, of food and items and uh, leave them there and then they look uh, to you, Nash, and says, um, so should we sit in the common area? we just we just like to have a visit and chat with you. Uh, sh- sure. Uh, and, uh, while we wait for dinner to be prepared? Sure. Have a seat. Anywhere you'd like. And we'll,
0: we'll sit All wherever's
2: right. left. And there seems to be enough chairs in this common area sofas and the like that everyone is able to sit down um, uh, now in particular, uh, as the seating arrangements go, ha- where do you, would you guys want to sit? Would you guys want to sit all close together and distant from them? Would you w- want to stag yourselves out so that you can socialize better? This includes hope. Um, you know, ha- we're, I don't have a map of the seating arrangement now that we're in this predicament. I realize this might have been actually kind of a fun thing to do. So I'm just going to sketch out a little map here, but I won't be able to show you, but like, let's say there's a sofa. Okay there are two like chairs and there's one big lazy boy comfortable style chair like two rocking chairs rather a sofa that can seat about three and then there's a larger lazy boy chair for like sitting and reading a book and a pipe bigger and not necessarily more comfortable but it has some cushions big and made of wood and then there's like dining table there's a there's a, a coffee table in the center and you know you can grab chairs from the table for the remaining seats to form a circle so any preferences uh like would you go and shotgun seats or would you offer
0: them seats uh how do you want to do that now um i'll i'll offer them seats i'll just say you know i'll just sort of say uh, feel free to sit anywhere you like if you have a particular seat you'd prefer just go ahead and grab whatever you need okay so perfect so um, kind of random it's fine yeah, they all kind of do that.
2: Admiral Chrysorius says, that's fine, I'll stand, I'm not staying long. Um, and he moves there and stands. Uh, one of the elves sits on the sofa. One of the elves takes one of the rocking chairs near the sofa. And then the two other elves bring over, you know, chairs from the table and sit down staggered style uh, in, in the circle. So the four, the four uh, casually dressed elves uh, sit spaced out and staggered. And then the other unidentified elf in the black outfit um, goes and sits on the big, the big chair, the big reading chair, we'll call it. Mm. Okay. All right. So the remaining seats left are a sofa, a rocking chair, or you can bring chairs from the table to, to join for the four of you.
3: Stanley would probably grab a chair and bring it over. Okay.
0: Perfect. Nash? Uh, sit on one. I'll sit on the left side of the sofa. Perfect. All right. So you sit
2: down far away from the person there, but the person in the rocking chair is next to you on the left. Okay. okay. That's fine. And um, Hope, uh, would you like to sit somewhere?
1: Hope will lean up against a wall. Okay. Kind of like um, arms crossed, you know, feet out a little bit.
2: Sure. And um, Varel, you see everyone sitting in this social thing. What's What's, what's your take on it?
4: Uh, Vrell will stand behind the couch, hovering slightly. <laughs> okay,
2: perfect. All right, great. Um, okay, excellent. So uh, that's all of you uh, seated, and everyone sort of sits down. And then Bok Bok and Shunks are actually kind of in the area. They're they're sitting on the floor behind the couch near you, Varel, just talking to each other. They're they're not they're really ignoring what's going on. Um, perfect. Okay, so everyone sits down, and finally, the elf who's been speaking says. Allow um, me to make introductions so that you know who everyone is. Uh, as you may have surmised, we are. Um, well, we are. We four elves here, who are dressed a little more casually today, are your. Um, the therapists that have been assigned to you. Was this explained upon your arrival? Somebody got talked to you, right, about
0: that?
3: Yes, it was mentioned.
2: All right, well, let's um, do the introduction, shall we? Um, I'm Dr. Zanzaphir. Okay, and that's the one on the couch saying that he's Dr. Zanzaphir. And I've got to just keep notes now, because this is like an intricate social situation. Situation. Okay, <clears throat> and this here on the rocking chair, uh, and points to a l- female elf on the chair. This is Dr. Tindalanthalas. Dr. Tindalant last says, mm, hello and um this here sitting on one of the chairs is Dr. Mahasiabi, okay, and um this other one here is Dr. Jom Amentha, also sitting on the chair, Jom with an M that's ma Mahasi transferring one note for one page to another. Well, that's a job. Perfect. These are great. And names. Um, of course you all know Admiral Chrysorius. You fought with him uh, aboard the ship for El Hendar. And um, this one over here uh, not a doctor. His name is Delanioria. And Delanioria I'm going to write over here. Uh, takes a deep bow and says it's an honor to see you all again. And he's a male. Sorry, what do I call him? That's Hope. That's Chrysorius and that Chrysorius. The last one is Delanoria. Perfect. So
3: which one was the blonde one that came running up late? Delanoria. Okay.
4: And which one took the lazy boy? The one that took the lazy boy
2: was um, Delanoria. Oh, that's right. I, was, I had trouble. See, that's why I was taking notes. Good, but thank you for the reminder because I would put them in twice. Um, yeah. So Admiral Chrysorius looks to to all of you and says, "I simply wanted to come here and vouch for the people visiting. I realize that while um, your years spent on." Uh, Earth, you might not have even heard of a therapist and or maybe you've heard rumors that they go into your mind and they they change things. Um, That's not what they do. They're here strictly to help you and it's optional and that's not what they're here to do today, to force it. They're just simply here to say hello and introduce themselves to you. Um, So, uh, you know, enjoy their company and feel no obligations or sense of pressure. Um, I also brought with me Delenoria, who was aboard the ship when we were attacked. And um, he is a student of uh, martial warfare, which is not um, something that's a prevalent activity here in El Handar. And meeting such great heroes as yourselves, he's requested um, to speak with you about a potential uh, training or accompaniment on to observe your activities so that he may learn. And I'll allow him to speak for himself, but I simply wanted to come here as a, as a link to let you know that these are all trustworthy Elhandari uh, among the best of us and um, that, uh, that I vouch for them. And so would the High Elf as well. That's everything. I will excuse myself now, but um, I would speak to Vorel privately for a second, if that's fine, before I leave. Very well. And he makes his way to the front door and exits the cottage. Am I to join you out there? Yes, please. uh, Privately. So, not within your shot of others. Nothing sinister, just a private... Piece of information for Varel. Personal. I'll head out there. And you head outside, and he, he continues walking, and he wants to walk and talk as he heads towards the pond and the bridge. And he looks to you and he says, You know he's here, right? The principal. No, no. Your countryman. Omnam. Ah, great warrior.
4: Yes, I smelled him earlier.
2: He felled 12 or 15 um, of those demons before succumbing himself. Quite something. Um, I just mentioned it to you because he has been released, but he's had difficulty integrating here, and I think he needs to see one of his own. Now, I'm aware that he is somewhere nearby. Uh, I don't know exactly where, but I might ask you a favor and go speak with him before he causes any trouble to himself. Um, and perhaps perhaps it would be best if he returned down to the surface if, if this is not a good place for him. We simply want the best for him. But uh, I thought perhaps you could speak with him as you don't seem to have had the same... Um, the problems he has, uh, even with a short visit to our space station. Uh, so, I'm sure he's nearby, and I'm sure you have the tools to find him, but uh, I thought I'd mention it in case it had slipped your attention.
4: I will seek and him out. Thank you.
2: Very good. Um, I'll hand off first, and he nods, and he walks off.
4: Hmm. Nod Harding. I'll head back in.
5: All right, we head back in,
2: and there's a lovely, awkward silence carrying over the living room as the elves look around and perhaps expectantly uh, waiting for someone to, from your party, to say something as part of the conversation.
3: Well, was I missed? Not a lot's happening. They're just kind of being quiet.
0: What do you, uh, what do you guys talk about out there?
4: Omdom, he is not accustomed to these environments. He must be suck out or he might harm others, it seems. Mm -hmm. You there, all three of you on the couch. There was
2: only two on the couch.
4: Two of you on the couch. (laughs) Therapy, tell me of this. Ah,
2: so Dr. Zanzaphir looks looks to you. This is the elf that's been speaking the whole time. He says, yes, therapy. Um, Would you like an explanation as to what it is? Uh, Essentially, um, we have... You've heard of doctors before, right? Medics, perhaps clerics and priests who heal your body when it is wounded in battle. Mm -hmm. You are familiar?
4: Uh, The only one I knew are enslaved pixies. Turn them into drugs and performed malpractice on my friend here, you Hope.
2: Well, doctors are not all good. Some doctors... Doctors follow the, their, moral, their moral compass as each person does outside of that. So some doctors are quite helpful, and some doctors use their abilities for personal gain or for destruction, even, depending on what they're doing. So, no, that's not to say all doctors are good, but the primary function of an Earth doctor from your planet's history, the humans that were there before, was to do no harm and to help others uh, recuperate their bodies. And that was their role in a society. And we've carried on the tradition of doctoring in that way here. So the doctors of El Hendar repair your body. And to put it from a lizard folk perspective, they, repair your, they are servants to the, those who are warriors. The warriors go out and fight, and the doctors repair the bodies so they may fight again. That makes sense to you. You must have something similar from your kind.
4: Stanley does on occasion perform such deeds.
2: Yes. So that's a doctor for the physical. But one of the things the humans of Earth discovered was that the brain, your mind, also takes tolls. They wear you down. They take your energy away. When suddenly you had the will to fight, you are overcome with sadness, and you cannot. Now, Varel, you may not be as familiar with this, but I trust that your human and elf and even tiefling companions struggle with moral questions and do things that are confusing to you, right?
4: Yes. These two are sad often. My point uh, at Hope and Stanley.
2: <laughs> it could be, and it's no shame. It could be that the brain requires some repair, just like their body. And that is what we do as therapists. We ensure... Everyone has a healthy mind. And with a healthy mind, they can go forward and be of maximum service and perform at their best. I see. And that's simply, that's simply the service we offer all El Handari. And that's what makes El Handar great and powerful. But wow. it also is what maintains order. So... We've developed a law that it's required that everyone have a therapist, although they do not have to attend. This is true for all elves and all guests, but the service is available. And once you find that you have used reparation, if a doctor cured you of a broken arm, you would gladly go to the doctor again and have it repaired as many times as needed after as many battles as you might experience. Uh, the elves Valhndar find, and many of our guests find that the repairs to their mind are quite profitable, quite beneficial. So it's something that we endeavor to have an expertise in. We're not here to force you into therapy. It's simply we have few laws here, but this is one of them, and we prefer the exchange to be very friendly. So we've come bearing gifts, and just like to get to know you better. Uh, no new obligations will arise from our visit.
4: And what of the other direction? And i lean over on the couch and kind of widen my hands, leaning over them. The other direction. What if, yes. What if one drew their power from anger and wished to be more angry?
2: Oh, anger is not a sign of disrepair, Pharrell.
4: Excellent. But what if I wish to have better we're anger? Not
2: here. We're not here to make people anger. happy. We're not here to make people happy. We're here to make them perform better and be healthy. Healthy people can murder just as unhealthy people can. In fact, unhealthy people have a harder time in combat, I imagine, since they may uh, not have a body that allows them to to fight well. Hmm. We're simply here to enhance performance, most of all.
4: Performance enhancing. I like this. I will sign up for one of your workouts.
2: Excellent. Um, certainly. Well, we can discuss uh, a scheduled time uh, later. Um, we didn't bring uh, that. Uh, I mean, you know, I don't, I, there's some question as to what you will be doing next. Uh, if you don't plan on staying, we might not get the chance to, to meet. Uh, what are your plans, everyone? Uh, you've been here for a couple of days. Do you, are you going to be staying on for longer term?
3: I mean, we hadn't fully discussed it yet, but, uh, the only pressing business that I feel I need to get to is, there is word that my father might still be back on our planet, and needs to be brought here, I would very much like to see that happen, and, uh, well, part of the deal for finding him is attending one of these therapy sessions, so you can count me in as well. But uh, beyond that, I have no plans.
2: Uh, one of the other uh, elf elfin therapists, Dr. Joam Aminthar, who is seated on one of the chairs, um, looks to you, Stanley, and says, uh, Hello, Stanley, I'm Dr. Jom Aminthar. And um, I'll be your therapist. I'm here. Uh, I'm very glad to hear that you'd like to take the time to speak with me. We can decide what uh, time of the week would be best for you soon. Yes? But I know that you have many questions, and the food was not the only gifts we brought. I have something else to show you. And, um she stands up and and for everyone to see from her garments she produces a key it's a rather large key that fits like in her hand and she says this belonged to your father Dalit he left here with specific instructions to give this to you
3: here take it Stanley will reach out take the key It's strange to think that he was ever here. He... <laughs>
2: there's, there's still much that you, will, that you will learn now, in fact. This very cottage that you're standing in was built by your father. Your father was a brilliant man. And the admiration of many of the elves of Elhandar. But in later years, he an event occurred that changed him and changed his priorities, and he began making expeditions to Earth. We, he, there was a time when he spent much of his life in the laboratories did not spend much time in the biodome. But after things had changed, he had built this place, an unusual dwelling for elves, a dwelling for humans. And he said that, well, I mean, he didn't tell me, just the rumor, the information that we know, is that he was building this place for his son, which Dalit had no son Ever on El Handar, but he had explained that in therapy and, and publicly too. We're not breaking any oaths here by saying that. Sorry, um, I realize that's confusing, but essentially it was known that he had become driven by his new obsession <clears throat> and he built this place uh, f- for you. might be a lot to take in how do you feel
3: I mean I had no idea I only I, I was very young uh, when I lost my, my family and I don't have any memories of him being a going places building things but I don't I don't know much of what they did I, that whole time is was a long time ago
2: Well, the one thing I know about the key is that it opens a door in this cottage. But we have kept this locked away for many years. And, well, he left us with no particular instructions on what door that opens. But it's our hope for you, Stanley, that you find answers for your father. Did you know him long?
3: No, I'm not even sure how old I was when I was taken. Not a lot of birthdays celebrated where I wound up.
2: Perhaps if you remember some of his personality, the way to the door might become clear to you. But we know for certain it's in this cottage. Perhaps after we depart, you can conduct a search for it. Unless you'd like to look now.
3: No, uh, I'll wait. Thank you. Mm. All right, so
2: you can add a cottage key to your inventory. Just write it down. <clears throat> and she says, uh, I'm not quite sure what we were talking about before before that, but, um, uh, you know, w- Daliot uh, left a big, left a legacy, and um, certainly... Stanley, if you want to speak more about your father in a private session, I'd be happy to do so for you. And sort of half-interrupting, um, Doctor, and the other uh, female of the four, it was two female, two male, um, looks to you, Varel, and says, Varel, I am Doctor Tindalanthalas, and I'll be your therapist.
4: Hmm. Uh, how how is her physique? Is she fit?
2: Uh, she's fit. The elves seem to share a very similar physique and they're lithe, but they're definitely fit. There's, they're, they definitely show signs of of working out and not of being soft. They have mm-hmm. muscled bodies that you can see.
4: Oh, very good. You seem capable.
2: Thank you. You seem capable too.
4: An understatement, perhaps. Mm. I look forward to our
2: conversations together.
4: Yes, this whole scheduling thing is a bother.
2: We'll take care of that for you. We'll have someone sent round to coordinate the particulars. Our intent today is simply to get to know each other.
4: I see. But well, what questions do you have for me?
2: None. None. We simply. The conversation we meant to keep light, in fact, except with accepting for <clears throat> the bit about Stanley's father. We are here simply to, as the humans of old used to say on Earth,
0: shoot the shit. I've heard that one before. Yes, yes. It's a good one. Are we doing well? Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely shit shooting.
4: All right. Yeah. Perhaps we can enhance this shootery by performing feats.
2: And then, um, you're, uh, Dr. Sorry, Dr. Joe Mammoth. No, wait, which one's yours? Dr. Tindalant last looks to you and says, and what feat would you like us to see or to do?
4: Well, we've, we've been, frankly, all across the multiverse at this point, and I hunger for some entertainment this evening. Is there anything you guys can do to shoot the shit
2: well, we, um, you know, we can play some, some cards uh, with, with doctors by trade, not entertainers.
5: Mm.
2: Uh, perhaps you'd like to discuss the nature of some, your experience. Tell us of your histories, perhaps. We'd be interested in just knowing your story if you have tales to tell. Life aboard El Handar is beautiful, but many times uneventful. And you live such interesting lives.
4: I fear we bring
2: events with us. Now, they've invited themselves over for dinner, just so everyone knows. We don't have to role-play the entire dinner at this point, you know, so we can enjoy the conversation. But the general gist of everything is, I think, what I'm intending to do as a DM is good. So if you want to ask them more questions and conversate more, we can do that. Otherwise, we can sort of do the whole eat and dinner and, and, you know, Playing a board game or something. i don't know—something along those lines. But uh, just so you guys know, where I don't have anything else planned with them.
4: Okay, well, I would—I would have at the dinner, but stay no longer than the meal requires, and then I'd head out to look for Omnam.
2: Perfect, uh, Nash, so, Stanley, just, Hope. Any other thing to add to that? That's—I'd do exactly the same.
3: Who are uh, their therapists? Do
2: they get introduced to them? Would you like to ask them? Who are they? sorry there? Uh, Nash and Hope. I'm guessing. Oh, Nash and Hope. Um, oh okay. yeah. We would we like asking somebody, or you, are you asking me?
0: Uh, you know what? I'll. If you're asking that, I Nash would go. Yeah. Who do I get?
2: Um, so the, the last male elf who hasn't speak hasn't spoken speaks says, <clears throat> "I'm, <laughs> I'm Doctor Mahasi Mahasiyabi." And um, Nash, I'll be your therapist if,
0: if you would kindly have me. I'll totally have you, and I'll put my hand out to shake it. My good hand that has less stuff on it.
2: Oh, I haven't had a handshake in uh, quite a long time. And he gets up and shakes her hand. Okay, cool. And he shakes, he grips it tight, and he says, It is an honor to be your therapist just super profusely like this guy and like you read it on his face this guy is like really thrilled to be your therapist
0: okay do I sense that it's because he thinks I'm a mess and I'm gonna be a real job for him or what's the deal
2: insight check let's see (laughs) if you can get it (laughs) all right
0: I'm doing it uh plus one okay here we go a oh weird they didn't roll why there it is. 14.
2: Okay. Um, you're not sure if this is accurate because of the role, but you do get the sense that he's treating... You feel like maybe like a bit of a celebrity or something. It, you it, He seems to have a demeanor that people would have for Varel and M fighting back in Sigil. Okay. And the rest of the party notices this
5: too.
0: Alright. I, uh, I won't I investigate any more other than that makes me it makes me glad I'm not feeling some trepidation or you know like he's being weird or whatever. So that's fine. Yeah. Yeah.
2: All right. Um, so uh, then, Doctor Zanzaphir uh, also looks around right and says, "And um, not only us, but uh, there's a few other that are going to join us in just a few moments for dinner. And those are the therapists for Angelashi. We have Doctor Amelant, M. M. Ledenth. and for little chunks, we have Doctor Brandy Lock Ripple." And, uh, and also for, for your friend Buck Buck and, um, uh, well, uh, I think that's everyone accounted for. Yes. Uh, Randy the, the, Lock
0: ripple. Is that right? Randy lock ripple.
2: Brand, brandy, brandy, brandy
0: lock ripple. That's a great name.
2: She has an a special, um, interest in old human culture and adopted a human name in spite of being an elf. She just, she just really enjoys, uh, that so much that she changed her name what about the lock ripple part
0: name. the lock ripple part doesn't sound human
2: lock ripple yeah it was a common last name in the 29th century earth time measurement mm. there was a famous general with the name lock ripple and soon everyone wanted to have the last name then joined them All right. it's a long story but it became kind of a cult for a time Anyway, uh, shall we off to dinner? <laughs> Liriel, is it dinner ready?
1: Oh, yes, come, come on. Dinner is served, and the dinner is already on the table, ready right. to go for everyone.
2: And while I was there, did Hope have anything she wanted to add to any of this, or is it sullen dark clouds in the corner?
1: Not dark clouds, but she's very thoughtful. She's clearly <clears throat> thinking hard about some very heavy stuff, but it's not... Depressed, angry, kind of uh, a quiet.
2: Perfect. All right. So now that uh, the initial introductions have been done and some conversation was there, uh, Liriel uh, dinner will be ready soon. And so everyone then will move to the dining area and have a nice feast. And the conversation is stilted and awkward as you guys are introspective and quiet. And the people who have visited are very in touch with how you're feeling and don't try to be boisterous. They're nothing if not respectful. And pleasant to be around, if a little weird because they're elves and they don't seem to be very seem to be very pinned in in a certain way, uh, personality wise. So the dinner goes well. Everyone is full. Um, Lyria or Pope Kristen, do you have any? Uh, do you want to have any say in what was made for dinner? Because <laughs> Lyriel, I feel like she's got this under control so hardcore.
1: Oh yeah, she. It would be a big turkey. Uh, with lots of some of the fresh veggies that were added. There would be a stew to the side, fresh bread, freshly baked that day. For dessert, there would be pie. Uh, there would be lots of different drinks, a nice fruity ale, if anybody wanted it. Of course, some water, maybe some freshly squeezed juice. Yeah.
2: Perfect. And and um, would Hope participate in dinner, by the way, or is she also still staying away? Would,
1: no, staying she'd, eat. she'd eat. Okay, perfect.
2: All right. Um so yeah, so uh, the dinner progresses and then finally the party uh, gets up and and moves towards the the door and they're thanking, you know, thank you for the, the lovely dinner. It was very wonderful. You were pleasant. We're really glad you're here at Handar. And finally the the young the young elf, well, the younger elf um in the in the black outfit uh who's also there but didn't say much through all of this as uh, st- approaches you Stanley as there's departure conversations happening and he says I just wanted to say that I saw you aboard the ship during the battle with the ghost skeleton pirates and I just wanted to let you know that I was a great admirer of what you what you've your your abilities it's astounding elves can sometimes be quite arrogant and even they won't admit it, but a little hard on half-elves. Even though they do, we do accept them as, as elves proper and true, but your life is so short compared to us. Yet you're capable of things due to your human side that we would benefit from knowing. And um, I think the doctor already said this, but I would very much like to accompany you on your next, your next journey would you be would you be willing to have me as something of an apprentice stanley
3: your uh, we did we we heard that your interest your looking to learn some skills beyond the therapy style fighting that your people seem to employ yes well um
2: I that yes, I am trained in in those arts, but I don't practice them. I practice um, something I learned from old records. The humans of Earth, in spite of the mundanity of this part of the creation, so little magic and resources of the truly wondrous in the cosmos, they developed something interesting. They call them martial arts. The old ones they had names for them. Hyper jujitsu, techno karate, incredible um, but spiritual uh, versions of combat requiring no weapons. And so I've endeavored to learn the arts of martial combat using no weapons. You can dispatch someone with a simple twist of the right part of their body. <laughs>
3: Well, sounds like I would have more to learn from you than you from me. I'm afraid I'm not very good in that department.
2: Most of my practice is academic, and in the gym, I have not truly been tested in battle, and and that's where my admiration for you and your companions comes in. I'd like to know the true feeling
5: of battle.
3: all right uh we don't exactly have the greatest track record with people tagging along but if you want to maybe join us on a couple of our errands around here maybe an opportunity to learn a thing or two would come up i don't see harm in that
2: should i should i stay here then with you now Uh, what sort of regimen would you want as an as your
3: apprentice I've never really considered having an apprentice before. I'm not sure exactly what that would entail. Um,
2: well, I'm in spite of me being your elder, I'm still quite young for an elf, only 300 years old. But um, uh, I assure you I'm quite mature, and I've been on the earth quite a bit, and I understand what it means to lead, but also what it means to follow. And so I would not be some young... Uh, human who might be quite green under their ears um i i am mature and sophisticated enough to not be in your way and to have the things you need at the ready as much as possible something almost of a squire but you know that does not mean um well i don't know it simply means that i will be there for you as much as possible
3: uh all right if you think it would be best for you to stay uh i mean do you have a place here is there could you come back tomorrow
2: yes i have a i have a a loft in the woods just uh, on the other side of the forest Uh, takes a 10 minute run to get here i can i can be here or if you don't mind i can be at the home it's i have to defer to you and your wisdom
3: well, you uh, the Admiral said you were on board the uh, the ship with us. You fought with the... I was, yes.
2: That was my first combat. That was the first combat for many of the elves. We have not had to practice in quite some time.
3: Is there something I can roll, do a check, see if I can remember this guy aboard the ship? Uh, yep.
2: Yeah. It's uh, just, I do a history check, I think. I think it would be the best one Any, or what would be int-based i think because
3: yeah history is yeah i think right? history's
2: right yeah, yeah
3: that's it
2: uh 22 uh if so you search your mind and then you do remember at one point seeing him but you know the elves all none of them were cowards or, or hiding and certainly he didn't either but you do remember the the wide scalability of their combat going from super effective to very ineffective. And, and, um, yeah, you, you just remember seeing him here. He's one of a number of unnamed elves that you had no idea about, but now that you look at him, you do recognize him as one of the, the crew.
3: Well, how about, how about this? Um, it seems like tonight we are all going to busy ourselves with various projects. I feel like I would, be remiss if I didn't at least run this by the group and make sure they were going to be okay with someone else tagging along. Why don't you come by tomorrow morning, and we can let you know what we're going to do from there.
0: Okay.
2: So, Delenoria. Uh, my, now, my name is Delenoria, but you may
0: call me Dilo, for short. Well, I'll save you oh. a couple of syllables there, uh, Stanley. <laughs> It's <laughs> good alright
2: then I will retire to my um, abode and return in the morning thank you Stanley and then he puts his hands to his side and he gives you a respectful bow he looks at you and says I'll land off first uh, anyway.
3: yes and Stanley nods awkwardly
2: He walks off and he exits along with the rest of the party. Who's going, bye, bye. Thank you for having us. It was great. Excellent. We'll have someone sent over to schedule your therapy sessions. And, you know, after all the goodbyes are done, the doors close. And Liriel, you know, sort of looks kind of, I think, pleased. The dinner went quite well and it's a job well done. And you spent all day working on it. Um, I don't know if the rest of the party are going to acknowledge your hard work or simply move on. But that's... (laughs) That's the scene right now. Lyriel is standing at the door. Hope is uh, brooding somewhere and the three of you are standing uh, at the at the um the just inside the cottage.
3: Uh I think Stanley's too preoccupied. As soon as everybody's gone, he's got the key back out and is looking at it and fumbling with it. He's anxious to go looking for this this thing. So he'd kind of probably say his goodbyes and start just kind of wandering. He's not actively looking yet, but he's doing that thing where you're walking around and it's just looking at things a little longer than maybe he normally would. Mm -hmm. Lirial will
1: pipe in. Well, you know, when things like that are found, I've always heard it's best to follow your heart. What do you remember most about your father? And then she'll start cleaning up and go to the kitchen. (laughs)
3: <laughs> oh, it's not even waiting for an answer. <laughs> this is a rhetorical question. <laughs> Stanley will just kind of sit there thinking. looking. Um, Varel, well, I know we had, uh, we had spoken earlier about going and finding the lizard folk. You, uh, I can't recall if you were wanting to make that trip on your own or if you were wanting us to accompany you.
4: I will do it with whoever chooses to join me, but Stanley, you have been given quite a mystery. If I could, I'd tear this place apart with you, but I am needed elsewhere. You may stay.
3: I appreciate <laughs> that. I'll, uh. You know, I'll maybe catch up next time. I just. wanna learn what I can.
4: Perfectly understandable, Nash. I invite you, though I am furious with jealousy that mm. your therapist was so excited.
0: Mm. I'm not sure my therapist. I I don't know why they're so excited. You 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 have feats to be excited about. At the very best, I have a couple of versions of me floating around that might be cooler than me, and I I don't know why they're. I don't know why he's excited.
4: Mm. Maybe that is the reason. Maybe they know. It maybe.
0: More. Maybe. I've mean, I I I've been told I, I'm a shapeshifter, so therapy's going to be fun trying to figure that out.
4: Oh, well, you do turn into a dragon.
0: Yeah. You've seen this. Yeah. But now, I mean, I can't, as far as I know, I can't turn any, into anything else, not yet.
3: Like I right wanted now, to but, ask you yeah. all this Delanoria fellow, um, do you have any take on him he's wanting to he's wanting to apprentice me for who knows why but he wants to join us on some of our adventures and see i am hesitant to bring another tedna along with us um <laughs> still getting kicked two years later <laughs> oh, poor tedna. but uh you know, he, he sounds like maybe he's capable and wants to learn to fight. Certainly wouldn't hurt to have a couple more elves that do more than lob therapy grenades at enemies.
0: I mean, I'd trust your judgment, but I don't want another Tedna either.
4: Yes, this new Tedna bothers me greatly.
0: <laughs> Escalating.
4: <laughs> 300 years old, and he still acts a child. Yeah, I have but 27 years to live. I fear that this therapy will be slow.
3: Well, I mean, Varel, you throw yourself into anything. I'm sure you're going to uh, hit the ground running and make progress in no
4: time. Yeah, I'm worried more about the style of the therapy training, that it is complicated. It takes weeks in their minds to gather some sort of Flowers in the forest and find myself.
3: Well, maybe think about it this way. If it is what they say it is, and it's a uh enhancement of the mind, maybe you would be harder to mind control. Hmm. That would be a great gift. Like push-ups for your brain.
4: Yes. Yes. Well you have me excited now. But I must first to Omnom Nash will you accompany me
5: yeah I'll excellent.
4: go hope you are invited as well
1: I'll go
3: excellent
1: Stanley good luck
3: Um, look if everybody is going to be going I think maybe it would be in our best interest if we all went together and maybe we can make sure to work on my search by looking when we all get back
4: Excellent. We shall tear this house asunder.
3: I would prefer it not damaged. I only just learned it was built by my father, but uh, yes, we will. We'll find it. We will
4: respectively pry boards and place them back when we are done. <laughs>
3: <laughs> better. Definitely better. Uh, yes.
2: I want to build a house with Varel now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. I will place the nail and we will hammer it into the wood and it will strengthen the structure. Anyways, so I keep... Yeah,
4: sorry. This is the most honorable foundation. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right, so the four of you decide to um, all journey together to go see Omnom. So, Varel, you step out of the cottage into the night air. There's twilight and stars above. It It's... It's as real as real can be, even though you you know on some level it's not quite right because you're in a ship in space. Um, But you look around to the night air, breathe in the cooled, crisp air, and pick up the scent again of your brethren quite easily. He's nearby, likely observing the cottage from afar, if you had to guess.
4: Um, Omnom, I can track you. I smell your stench on the air.
2: Okay. Persuasion roll, please. And do it with advantage, because it's one of your people.
4: Hmm. I welcome advantage. Because it's a zero. Uh, <laughs> 17. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a oh. plus zero, though. Okay. okay.
2: okay. Um, perfect. So, uh, you call out. And after a moment... Uh, you begin to hear footsteps very gently, very carefully on the forest. And then you hear from the the tree line, Curse this dratted forest in revealing my footsteps so easily. And then he emerges, Omnom Cinderborn, with half of his face, like where his mouth, where his thing is, like ripped off, like he's got half of a Mouth from some injury like it's just permanently just gone and he has a lot of his scales missing and there are scars everywhere and he has <clears throat> a cast on one of his leg and a cast on his arm and he's got other bandages and things wrapped around him but you can tell he's picked at all of it so it all looks super disheveled and <laughs> like bad <laughs> and he walks from the limps from the forest shamefully and he goes I had not wanted you to see me this way.
4: You look glorious. Why would this embarrass me so? I have suffered two defeats. Ah, so these injuries weren't earned in victory. Tell me. I am a shame to you. What has happened since we left you at Razakval? I fought as
2: long as I could when you left Razakval to reclaim it for you and for our people, but the chicken lords, they would not stop appearing. We lost ground, and one by one, my lizard folk, our lizard folk brethren, succumbed to the wounds and if not to the wounds, to the worms that were in their body, and I had to put them down too. I spent five nights fighting chicken lords and lizard folk until I could stand no longer. And I'm shamed to say that I decided to retreat instead of die. Mm. I came to your... And he looks at Hope and then
4: he says, What is she doing here? And what would be the problem with Hope? You harbor the sheep bitch
0: the what?
2: Roll for initiative.
0: Sheep itch. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. This just two of us, though, right? There's all four of you. Oh, all right. We all went together. Never mind. Oh, boy.
2: Initiative rules. Seven. Hope's
1: not gonna roll.
2: I need a roll from you.
3: You can choose to do nothing on your turn.
1: Okay, fair enough.
3: Seven from Nash, by the way.
2: Uh, 26 for Stanley. 23. 13. Uh, 13 for Varel. Who am I missing? Uh, sorry, Nash, I didn't get yours. 7. Thanks. No worries. Stanley, you're up first. You have a chance to react to Omnom, who appears to be uh, making a break for Hope immediately.
3: Um... Hmm. He wouldn't necessarily want to fight. He's also suspecting Hope did some stuff, and Omnon looks like he knows. Stanley will cast hold person on Omnon.
2: Okay, what sort of uh, a rule? Wisdom
3: 17 saving throw?
2: okay uh Omnom does not defend against this whole person. it keeps him pinned in for a minute and held in place correct
3: uh yep, so he would just immediately lock up and he is now paralyzed
2: uh does it, outside of combat because this will end the combat now, but um for now uh he can still communicate right
3: uh let's see um uh... What status does it do? I believe it's Paralyzation, and let's see what let's See what
2: paralyzed does. Yeah, forget.
3: Paralyzed creature is incapacitated, can't move or speak. Creature okay. automatically fails strength and dex throws. Attacks against the creature have advantage and any attack is a critical hit if in melee.
2: Okay, so you hold Omnom in place and you, you see he's like he has got his mouth open, and he's 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 in like full stride, like runner stride, uh, casts and everything just flying off.
4: Let's, How long will this last? You have a minute. Okay, I pick up Omnom and I run Omnom out further. <laughs> okay, let's make a strength check, please. It's for not just
2: for the pickup, but for the run as well. A seventeen. Alright, uh, so you pick up, uh, it's like, like a doll stuck in place, you pick up the lizard folk and then start, you run like Captain America style, just like do 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 dook into the forest. <laughs> how long and how far do you run?
4: I, uh, I count to 30.
2: Okay, does anyone follow Varel?
0: <clears throat> yeah, but at a... Actually, I'm going to float. Yeah. I'm gonna float oh, no, stay, there.
2: Uh, stay can, there. Can I? Can I? Can I suggest that Varel's trying to get them away from Hope? Yeah. <laughs> I,
3: like, yes, I'm following. <laughs> Stanley would turn and try to try to stop you. Can, hope, you can do what you like.
2: What do you? What do you do? Okay. He's okay. Gonna...
1: Hope will stop once she. realizes. Right, Stanley's
2: Stanley's gonna try and stop you. Stanley,
3: what do you tell her? Hope will stop. What does Omnom know that would make him react this way?
1: There were lots of things that happened. Of course I was there at Kala but I don't know. We saw each other.
3: Well, last we, all of us, saw Omnam, we were allies. Now he's ready to attack you just from seeing you. You have no idea why that might be.
1: Before the demons showed up, I burned down the train station connecting to the principal. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you burn down the train station
1: i was going to <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> <laughs> hold on sorry
3: it's
2: okay uh, so uh hope gets really distracted as chunks walks out and he's got he's somehow managed to find a piece of dynamite and it's not lit but you know hope reacts in, in, in that way he just runs up to chunks and takes the dynamite out chucks it aside and ushers chunks back in, or, no, picks up chunks and and continues speaking.
1: Um, before the demons showed up, I was planning on fortifying the city, and I wanted to end the connection we had to principal city. So I burned the train station.
3: So you as the queen, who can presumably pass any decree you want and do whatever you need decided your best course of action was to burn down the train station and this made Omnom mad
1: like i said i don't know specifically why he's mad a lot's happened in two days
2: if i can just add just as a dm like so refresher because i did listen to this and do some research you spoke to him just before him doing a few tieflings just before the demon army showed up (laughs)
1: Oh, it's like you, the... you,
2: you were explaining to your people why you were burning down the, the train station. And then yeah. that's when the demon horde showed up and then everything went to chaos. So, okay, cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so again, uh, maybe because I disappeared. I don't know.
3: All right, we'll see what they say when they get back. Alright,
2: then we cut to Varel running, now there's a range on the spell so you intend to run 30 seconds but about 120 feet we'll just say, uh, into the forest his body begins loosening up and he goes, what is this?
4: I put him down Great Fang, why are you carrying me? Because you're going to attack Hope and we need answers So, you're you're welcome to attack her but as you run, please explain yourself I'm confused, Great Fang. Is what we've done cowardice?
2: To run from Hope? When I, I retreated to Tietkala from Razak Val, and I spent some months there. Finally, the queen had returned, and I was surprised to see that it was Hope, the very woman who slaughtered all of my family, with her rocket arm. You recall this, yes? And I had great admiration for her, even though I was... Not quite that sad for my weak family to have died to such a weak device. So, I, And she was aligned with you, our great Fang. I chose to... Forgive her her trespasses and celebrate her greatness. As I wish for people to celebrate mine. And yours, great Fang. But then, in Kalah, she appeared, and she had, was burning a train station. And I thought, this was quite a smart move. Trains are stupid. <laughs> and in that moment, I felt a connection to her. But then I saw what she had truly planned. She brought a horde of demons to slaughter her own people. And I know she did this on purpose, because when they appeared, she did not defend her people. She opened a portal, some magical circle. I'm not quite sure what a portal even is, just that the old wise folks would speak of travel to the Dragon Plains. She stepped through it and disappeared. And I watched as her people, weak, as they all died. And I alone left to defend her city only to be defeated and yet not die in glorious battle. To be robbed of my glory and brought to this place that smells of farts.
5: What am I to do, Great Fang?
4: Your companion is evil. Most troubling. Hmm? I believed Hope to be a great warrior. She might I... be. She lacks honor. Hmm. I do not remember the rocket. I remember being propelled towards my enemy Orp. I did not witness this burning of the train, though I have seen many vehicles destroyed and none of them have summoned demons. A hope should be questioned. Questioning is not my area.
2: I have been robbed of a glorious death twice. And I have been robbed of victory twice. And I'm beginning to... To feel this unusual thing that is making it hard for me to be a warrior. I need battle,
4: not words. Hmm. Stanley's been incapable of battle before because of these feelings. It's a human sickness. I believe they call it sadness.
2: And they don't think it's a sickness, but it is a sickness. And the only cure is for me to rip as many heads off of living things
4: as possible until it is gone. Mm Hmm. Now Humans do bathe in that sadness. They do we like it. They use it as things. It is. It is. But we must be calm. And we must act with honor. And hope must answer our questions or stand your judgment.
2: I defer to your wisdom, great Fang. i my heart is gladdened that. In whatever journey you have been on these past months, you remain as strong and as resolute as when we first met. I will follow your instruction.
4: Good. Then we will stay here and call hope to us. Just know one thing. I need battle soon. I believe it'll be upon us soon enough you will taste of it and it will be glorious and you may find that death you seek Hope you are needed in the woods alone
1: Hope will walk toward Varel's voice with Chunks (laughs) who's apparently very excited to go into the woods
4: Why does she bring the mewling baby? the Sorry, baby Stanley. is bound to her it seems there was a altercation a death that lays heavy on her head and now she must attend to the child
2: mm. he nods uh, Stanley did you want to do anything? I cut you off
3: Sorry. no just Stanley's following He's, okay. He's not gonna let her just go.
2: All right. So Nash, the, everyone's now in the forest except you. I don't know. I, no, I feel I'm like there. you're you're gonna react to this.
0: I'm, I was there the whole. I mean, I was there. I'll fall if Stanley goes and Hope goes. I'll go.
2: I'm gonna do okay, it though. So i to float, ignores float quest up. Quest and they, everyone shows up into the forest.
0: <laughs> I want to float up and be you up float high. through the forest. Yeah, I want to have some bird's eye on this. Oh, okay. So you don't see Nash, but you can hear... Are you trying to stealth
2: uh, no, Nash? No, they can okay. hear me.
4: I okay. just so You can view. hear
2: Nash moving in the trees above.
4: So I call for hope in a floating Nash and Stan's <laughs> <Yep. laughs> walking towards me and floating. Uh, they're inseparable, surely.
3: Hope, yeah, I'm, um... I'm not going to let hope go anywhere by herself right now. Especially not after... It seems we might have a witness... To what happened in Khan. Very well. This is acceptable to me if it is to you, Great Fang.
4: Fine. Hope Omnam here tells me two disturbing happenings. The first that the push you gave me there in the throne room was actually a rocket that propelled me into Orp. Is this true?: Yes. And it destroyed the families.
3: Uh-oh. Like, you complain. Chunks does not like that it destroyed the families.
2: <laughs> um, you know what? Why don't we, why don't we yeah. leave it there? We, we're at our midway point. Uh, we start a little later today. Why don't we take a break, uh, if that works for you, Kristen, uh, just to uh, help with that. And we'll see where it goes. No pressure. We'll pick up our, our very personal conversation
0: with Omnom when we come back. We'll be right back, everybody. Give us, uh, I don't know, 10 minutes. We're going to pee and, you know, all sorts of things. So we'll be back here for you in a second. We'll see you then. The next half here. All right. We are back and we're ready to roll. All right. Um, and when we
2: left off, uh, someone was being asked a question. I don't
1: remember the
0: question. Did oh, uh, heard? Hope is being asked something. Crap. Uh,
1: if she had killed the families with the grenade.
2: oh, That's, that's right. Well, Bur- Burrell, yeah, Morel's first item of business was he thought he was thinking that he would propel himself and he's having a revelation uh, that perhaps you were the cause of it.
1: Yes. I shot the rocket. That you wanted to fight Orp, and the entire time you had talked about how weak the families were, and how useless.
4: So you made the decision for the entirety of Razikval.
1: You were ready to fight Orp, so I helped that along.
4: Amnam tells me of a train that burned. Yes. And this summoned the demons. No. What did summon the demons?
1: The arm summoned the demons. They could feel its power. They tracked it.
4: So are we not in danger here? You have an arm.
1: I can leave.
5: That is not what I, I want. asked.
1: Not anymore. Possibly.
4: What answers would satisfy you, Omnom?
2: He's glowering at Hope. I wish to know the meaning of your retreat at Tietkala.
1: Why did you retreat from Azekval? The sky was full. The streets were swarmed, and they were coming after me. I thought if I left, they would follow.
2: Uh, In quite an unusual display, Varel, you see water pool up in one of Omnom's eyes, and a tear drips down. And he... You shame me! I have no honorable response for leaving Razak Val.
1: And I have no response for leaving my city. Except that I thought it would pull them away from it, but clearly it didn't.
4: So, it was we a, are... go ahead. It was a tactical retreat, then. I thought so. Is this what we call cowardice? Tactical retreat? No. Are you not familiar with this strategy, Omnom? I do not know what tactical means. It's as the humans say, a choice you make for reasons. In particular, if you wish an enemy to chase you over the hill, where you will have an advantage, you will run for a time, but to fight again. As we do when we hunt the large very... prey. Yes.
2: We put up a ruse to lure the large prey into
4: the eventual trap. So Hope's ruse was unsuccessful.
5: I have made a decision.
2: I no longer wish to slay your companion Hope, Great Fang. I am overcome with the disease that has spread even further during this conversation. I fear I may die soon. He, he kneels down before you, and he says, "Put my pathetic existence to end. I am not even worthy of death. Take your power and erase me from existence." And he hangs his head low b- before you.
4: I cannot do this thing, Amnam. You hold with you the stories, the people, of Razak Val. You are their keeper now. In your weakened body, you must find new purpose. Direct my purpose. Think on these events. Will you join us at the house? I will do as my great fang bids in
2: his wisdom. If you wish me to be in your house of sticks, then I will be inside of it.
5: (laughs) Excellent. That
0: was really poetic.
4: We return to the sticks now to tear it asunder to look for a dad's secrets. His, uh, his eyes um, light up a bit
2: with a bit of excitement. We will tear it asunder!
5: Uh,
3: this no. This
2: is gladdening news. I, I, I have a need to tear something
3: apart. We will not be tearing the house asunder. Vorel, please. I would not like it damaged. I only wish to excite the man. He has been through much. Yes, well, in his excitement <laughs> he might be destroying the house.
4: Perhaps there is a shed that we could destroy. Stanley! Do you have the sadness too?
3: I'm fine, thank you. I would rather not see my house destroyed, or else it will be a different emotion that I have.
2: You speak wisely. The House of Sticks does not live, and I'm concerned that its destruction will not satisfy my sadness. Perhaps Stanley and I
3: can find something living to help us. Why don't you take him for a hunt? You said yourself when we were out hunting that it looked like there was larger prey to be sought after. Maybe this would help satiate our friend for a time.
4: Yes. Yes, we shall hunt the great beast that eludes me so far. Omnom tomorrow. We shall meet Farewell, do you no longer wish me to be in the house of sticks? Seems the house is valuable and fragile. <laughs> yes, we are in the land of softlings.
2: I will try to control my better nature, as I know the softlings find their houses of sticks to be very precious. And they respect them as some sort of perversion of the natural world.
3: Yep, that's what we all agreed to when we decided to start building them. Mm, yes.
2: <laughs> it is good to hear you admit it. But Stanley, if you do have the sadness as well, come with us on the hunt.
3: Sure, it might not be a bad idea. Supposedly somebody is supposed to be joining us, and maybe that will give us a chance to see what they can do. So... Mm.
2: And perhaps Hope can join us on the hunt of Great Fang. There is no better way to reveal a person's character than to find
4: out how they hunt. Yes. I would see that fitting. Hope perhaps we can bond. Yes. Hope Amnam and you have a rift to heal. And only the hunt can solve it. Will you undertake... This quest with us?
1: Yes.
3: Well that makes most of us. Nash, are you gonna come on the hunt too? Yes, I sure will.
0: I'm way up there.
3: <laughs> I kind of figured he would invited or otherwise, so might as well invite him along.
0: Sounds like fun! By the way, there's nothing around. We're good. I'm keeping this, I'm keeping an eye, see? Yeah, you're you're sentry. Yeah, I'm sentry. Someone's been watching Raised by Wolves. Yep. Oh, yeah. Got my arms out and everything.
2: <laughs> uh, what a, what a, Sorry, I didn't get distracted? What a genius thing that thing is. Anyways. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah. What would you guys like to do? Omnom gets up and seems to be ready to go and find place to shelter for the evening.
3: Uh, Stanley's going to return home and look for the, the keyhole.
0: All right. I'm going to go wrestle with I, my I, kids.
3: Thinking I will that.
0: see you first thing in the morning,
4: Vorel. At dawn, or whatever they call it
0: here.
2: Yes. And then he just walks off.
0: Into the forest. I think they just call it dawn. And I'll float back to my house. Okay, so everyone
2: makes their way back to the cottage. Uh, they enter inside, and uh, Stanley, you're first to arrive because you're eager to discover this thing about the key. So everyone sort of files into the home, and you're now back in the cottage. Lyriel doesn't seem to be anywhere.
3: All right, uh, I think Lyriel's advice was good think about anything associated with my father. I don't have a lot. Um, Maybe it's best if we just all look for a keyhole.
4: What story does your father bring you?
3: I mean... I only really remember pieces. Um, My father was an elf, uh, obviously. There's a lot I didn't know about him, but uh, in my household, everything was elven custom. You know, my, my mother was a human, but they only spoke elvish. The name he gave her was an elven name. He did speak of Elhandar, though I didn't know what it was at the time. I don't know much beyond that.
1: Do you think he would have hidden the room from you? Or from prying eyes, not you?
3: Possibly. I mean, I don't know if he intended this house to be mine. I don't know if he would have hidden it, or if he would have just left it somewhere. I would think maybe start in master bedroom or a study or anything like that. I don't know. Does the house have either of those? Or <laughs> all the bedrooms so to,
2: like- to your knowledge and experience of the house over the four days you've been here that none of the doors seem to have locks on them? Uh, there's the keyhole is not something you've even seen, even in any of the desk drawers or cabinets. The hutch uh, that we discussed today, there doesn't nothing seems to be locked here. There doesn't even seem to be keyholes installed on any of the doors. One might surmise it's because the elves seem to exist in this utopia that you know no one needs to lock their doors or lock things away here. You you would guess that elven culture is not really paranoid in that way.
3: I mean, that's the thing. They don't seem big on locks, so why the need for a key?
1: Does any place feel more magical around here?
3: I don't know. Perhaps a walk of the house, a look around, see if anything stands out. And that's what I'll do. I'll go room to room right. and kind of just examine it, see if anything seems to call out to me as a room of importance.
2: Okay, and does anyone else want to participate, or they just leave Stanley to it?
1: hope we'll go to the kitchen and look around there.
0: I'm okay. going to go home
2: and see my children. Well, you're in the home, but do you want to go to your room where yes. Angela Ashley and your kids Wherever are?
0: Wherever my kids are, that's where I'm going. Okay, perfect.
2: Alright, so and uh, Varel, what uh, what part of the house did you want to focus on or just want to be generalist like Stanley? Oh, maybe. I he think he's people, watching but- <laughs> Chuck right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone make an investigate team investigation roll please as they search the house.
0: Can do. Oh wait, I, I guess got I'm not
3: searching A9. But you know what? I'm going to use my DM inspiration I'm reroll that. 16. And that's a 20 for a 24 total
2: okay so um the four of you uh spend an hour searching through the room the room you went to so hope you looked at the kitchen and nash you looked at uh, your own bedroom and there was angel ashy with the kids and the kids are kind of being super adorable very distracting hard to pay attention Mm -hmm. Uh, uh both hope and nash don't come up with anything varel uh you as well don't uh find anything. You pull out boards and then place them back in, hammering them back in with your fist as you open up boards. Uh, Stanley, you do a sweep through the entire house trying to be more broad in your search. Um, and as you look in the house, you don't feel that any area is more magical or you don't have any feeling that's any different anywhere else. The one thing that you do observe is that <clears throat> there seems to be a curious lack of secrets throughout the house and the thought occurs to you that perhaps what you're looking for is not um, is enhanced by uh, magic perhaps and you're thoroughly satisfied that you've you, there are no secret compartments that physically exist within the structure of the house that's physically possible but being told it's in the house and observing the ornate and very oversized nature of this key uh, that you strongly suspect that there's magic uh, connected to this.
3: Okay. When we uh, all kind of meet up, I'll tell them as much. It doesn't seem to be anything physical. I've gone room to room. There's I don't even know what would be hidden so maybe magic though I don't know what kind we should sense this magic
4: let us divide in two I with Nash you with hope we'll go look outside while you two solve this mystery
3: you think outside is gonna be the Answer. I start pushing Nash out the door.
4: Yes, we we shall report back if we see anything.
2: All right, Nash and uh, Varel exempt. I'll go. Yeah, I'll do so. I mean, unless we disagree. (laughs) No,
0: I I don't know. I
2: I, I assumed you. yeah. Yeah, I made an assumption for you. Sorry. It's all good. All right. And now it's just Stanley and Hope.
4: I would like to roll a stealth check
2: to peek through the window. Okay. <laughs> do you want to privately send me that over Slack or something? Sure. So the players don't know? All right. Uh, Varel and... Uh, not Varel. Hope and Stanley, the floor is yours.
3: I have no idea what to do with this key.
1: Um. Did your father ever... Tell you any stories uh sing you any songs?
3: um he did There was one nothing that looking around rings any truth to i don't I don't know uh i mean i can if you need me to dispel magic, I can dispel it but I'm worried that if I were to do that to the key, then maybe I lose the ability to open it. And... I'm not like Nash. I don't just detect it and find it, and... I don't understand why he thought this key would mean anything to me. Maybe he told me and I just don't remember.
1: Uh... Uh, d- does your name mean anything?
3: Uh it does. Um the name they gave me it uh, roughly translates to the song at the end of the woods.
1: Okay, a song at the end of the woods. We're in a forest right now, yeah? Yes. What kind of song would end in the woods, though?
3: I don't know. It was just a name they gave.
1: Know any songs?
3: There was a... There was a little poem that they used to... They used to read before bed um every night. Melodies always hung with me I don't know if I can recall the words, it was um Through verdant fields and whispered winds, our song shall find you dear. Between the boughs of tattered leaves, our song shall cast out fear. The road before protests your march, Our song shall guide your path. And your bones will grow weary there. Our song shall hold you fast. When all alone, when we are gone, Our song shall take your hand. And when others come into your heart, Our song shall understand. Take our love into the skies. Do more than we dreamed you could. Until the day we reunite, my child, A song at the end of the woods.
2: Uh, Check off inspiration.
3: Ding, 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 ding. And
2: (laughs) as you begin, as you start reciting the poem, the key, there's a force to the key. All of a sudden it gains energy and it rattles in your hand and instinctively you just kind of let it go and it floats up into the air and as you recite the poem, it floats towards the set of stairs leading upstairs. And as the poem ends, the key slowly falls to the ground and
1: clanks. (laughs) Uh, We keep keep singing, yeah?
3: Uh, Yes, I guess. And Stanley will go back over to the key and he'll just start humming the tune, the melody, through it again.
1: Hope will join in
3: alright and
2: as you both begin reciting the poem the key begins floating into the air again and ascends the stairwell to the second floor you follow it to the end of the hallway and you hear inside uh, Angel Ashi speaking to the little kids through the wall as you walk down the hallway and in one of the other rooms you hear chunks and bok going
5: rah, rah, rah,
2: and it moves towards the end of the hallway and it seems to enter into an invisible keyhole uh right where the window is at the end of this hallway and it rests as you stop reciting the poem the key does not fall from whatever it is lodged into
3: in the middle of space stanley all approach kind of reach his hand out and feel the area where the key is
5: Mm -hmm.
2: so you feel nothing around the key but the key is like now look looks like it's floating in air, and you see like a little hint of ethereal wisps around it, suggesting something of the place it's meant to be in.
3: I'll try turning the key.
2: You try turning the key, and as you turn it, there's like heavy gears tied to it. You feel like you have to put apply muscle, like mm. and as you turn it, you hear a clunk, 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 like emanate through the house. And then from the ceiling, a set of stairs magically appear and descend down. And this is quite amazing. As you peer up, you see that there's a third floor to the cottage. But you know from observation on the outside that there's no way a third floor can exist in this cottage. And you suspect immediately what you might be looking at is some kind of pocket dimension.
3: I think this is it. And Stanley just is going to rush up the stairs. Okay.
1: Hope will so follow cautiously slowly.
2: Alright, you rush up the stairs and look around. You're greeted with a large study that's the size of the floor, you know, the, the square footage of the cottage. It's a big, one big open room. All along the walls are parchments taped along the walls with graphs and uh, denoting lines and things that you don't, you're not sure what it is. You see Constellations, uh, maps of what looks like planets. Um, in the center of the, you know, and all kinds of diagrams and text written on the walls. In the center of the room, you see a giant globe of the Earth and a map, you know, the map of the Earth uh, current on it. Uh, but it's really large, like mechanical, very cool looking globe. There's a desk there. And there's also, um, what, it's not quite an altar. It seems to be, This um, wooden stand, and and upon the stand uh, is a book and a mask. There are no windows in this room. And apart from that, uh, it's bare. It's not bare. It's full of papers along, along the walls, but there's not stuff on the floor. It's very clean. Otherwise...
3: Stanley will just be entranced by it and kind of just move across the, you know, staring at the walls, trying to make sense of it and just getting a feel for it, you know. He'll look back and hope, I think this was his, I think this was his study. I I don't even know what he would be studying, but I think this this is where he did it. And I wonder what he was doing here.
1: There's got to be something in these notes
3: and hope we'll start looking through. Look at the book. Look at the mask. Okay. Uh, You
2: look at the book and the book appears to be this book with metal coverings and crisp yellow pages that you can see from the side. The mask appears to be obsidian black and has chromatic gems embedded all along the mask so like red, blue, purple, yellow all all the chromatic rainbow colors or gems are represented they're very small gems, very tasteful the mask has a look of plainness to it and it doesn't have any straps or any connections to where you would put it on your face, it's just a mask and um, I mean that's what you see from your observation. I hope uh, you begin reading the notes on the wall you see a lot of mathematical charts a lot of unlabeled maybe stellar maps and and drawings. They are passages of text, but they are written in an elven. Do do you read, do you speak elven or read elven?
1: Pretty sure I don't, but let me double check. Mm -hmm. Actually, yes. Wait, no, no, no. This is Lyriel's sheet. I'm sorry. Hope does not speak elvish.
2: (laughs) Okay, so it's written in a text that you can't read.
3: Stanley, I'll open up the book.
2: Okay, you go to open up the book and you find that there's a force upon the cover that um, like, there's this resistance as if it's heavier than it looks like. And as you open up the book, the pages seem to fold in. It seems like there's something strange about the pages. They're a bit translucent. And as you fold it open, the pages flip. But they flip through each other. And it doesn't stop on any particular page. It keeps flipping. <laughs> As if the book was made of infinite pages.
3: Um, St- Stanley tries to put his finger in to stop one. A little cautiously.
2: You reach your finger in and the page stops on a page filled with elvish text. Do you wish to read it? Yeah. <clears throat> All right, I'm just going to get some content here. One second.
5: Uh, there's content. There's pages.
2: Oh, I got it. Sorry, it's in a, I have stuff in two different locations, so I just got to get the right one. It's just going to be a second. My apologies. Uh, some of it is in D&D Beyond. So uh, let me see here. Oh, my God, where is it? I can't find it all of a sudden. I'm looking for my home. Oh, my homebrew creations. okay. Sorry, everyone just wasn't didn't have that window open. Um, all right it says it, it, it this looks like an introductory page it's kind of it just seems like it doesn't just the way it appears. it would look like the first page of a book, but it's this text that's just in the center of the page, and the letters kind of glow. You know, uh, they glow a little bit. It's difficult to explain. You can still see it, but the back of the page, the way the contrast of the glow of the page appears on the black of the letters, they're very legible. <laughs> and it says the following. Do you want me to, do you want to read it privately or do you want to read it out loud to Hope? Um, if it's private, it'd be headphones off. If it's not, it's with everyone.
3: Yeah, Stanley would start privately.
2: All right. Everyone headphones off, please. All right. The book says the following in an introductory paragraph. It says, do the idea, repeat the idea, share the idea, listen for the idea, do the idea, repeat the idea, teach the idea. If you cannot do the idea, you have not found the idea or the rules of the universe inhibit the idea within the constellations of physical rules upon material regulations, jailing the idea. If you have not found the idea, find the idea. If the idea is in bondage, find the key. Then return to the doing of the idea. And yet the idea is not a thing. It is a state. My learned lectures and indulgent conjectures, for some and how, are within. You may speak your name and an idea's name, and if there is aught to share... Share, it shall. <laughs> and what I'd like you to do now, uh, Stanley, is if you look up uh, in the inventory of D&D Beyond, you should be able to find a book called The Book of Adjacencies.
3: I see it.
2: You can add that to your inventory. It also contains the following text. The Book of Adjacencies is a mysterious tome containing the journals of Dalit or Nath. It is made up of an unknown number of pages between one and infinite at the same time. This is expressed physically as a wonder of golden pages that seem to turn through each other with the metal coverings the book are opened. If a reader speaks its own name and the name of a page entry, any collection of words one and up count uh, as a possible name, and if the entry exists, the pages will turn accordingly if the person was authorized by Dalit. They are often simple sketches and scientific plotting of diagrams or passages of free written text and is a journal and not a published artifact intended for mass readership. The book is able to know a person by their voice and their name and will only reveal entries if the person is authorized.
3: Stanley will turn and look at hope. I think this is my father's journal. Uh, seems a bit strange uh let's let's see and thinking about it stanley assumes that he would probably his father if he gave him the key would intend him to use the book so in elvish he'll use his own name and say, Valir or nas Elhandar.
2: Okay, and the, ba- the book springs up. Are you holding it in your hands, or is it still on the altar?
3: Uh, would have been on the altar.
2: Okay, so it pops up, floats a bit, as the pages begin flipping intensely. And then it lands on a different set of pages. And um, <clears throat> you see there, it's not an entry for Elhandar. Uh, it begins, my
3: dear Valir Oh, Stan, we'll read that as well. Okay,
2: and do you mind if we keep people here? Do you no, that's fine. They can, might, yeah. they can I be imagine, here. Yeah, it says my dear Valir Valir, there is much you should know. So much more than I ever could have said to you in life. Some knowledge must be experienced to be known. Words are not knowledge. Being is knowledge. Know this, that you are of true elfin heritage, and even if your wick is short, it will burn so bright. Your mother and I will do our best to sow the spirit of love into you as a shield for all the hurt destined for you, and know this, Valir. when you find this, you should know, you're now ready to hear, that fate holds for you a pain no father could ever prepare you for. Valir. I've known the exact nature an exact time of my death for some time. I've known who you are and what you might be before I ever met your mother. Know that you are our love, whole and pure, made manifest in this world. I did not say these things to you in life, most likely, because your hurt must truly hurt if you are to become forged into Sidele Pure. The elves of Elhandar are trustworthy and I did not leave on their account. They were too afraid of my discoveries and shunned me. It all started as an accident. The N4SH anomaly, whom you have surely acquainted yourself with by now, appeared in what was then My home in the forest. He was searching for you. Someone named Stanley. It was then that I learned time is a physical byproduct of the reverberations of physical material agitated by the energies of the universe, like an ocean wave moving through all of us. And it led me to a new obsession I made several expeditions to Earth to search for the site of the N4SH series of plural beings. On this next expedition that I depart on, I will not return. But I will soon encounter my love and obsession, Krista. And I will soon meet you. Remember our love, Stanley. Remember that strength is the pain of resisting the will of creation itself. It is the truth of elvenkind, and it's shared with few outside of it. Trust your strength, or the essence of creation and this world that the elves have come to rescue will be lost to the weir forever. Krista and I will look forward to reuniting with you in the Feywild. When you are done with this world, be sure to expire here on the hallowed grounds of the Elhenderim, or in the Feywild itself. Your father, Dalitornath.
0: Can we give the DM inspiration? That was really good.
3: (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. That was really good. Yeah. I'll take it. Um... Stanley If Hope's watching him she would have just seen him go pale and still
1: Stanley Are you okay
3: Um it was a a note from my father He knew he he knew everything that was going to happen to him.
1: How did he find out?
3: I'm not entirely sure. But... He... Wrote in his note that he... He knew how he was going to die. He knew... This was written before he even met my mother... Yet he knew both my real name and the name I would be going by. And if I'm reading this correctly, I think it might actually have something to do with Nash, of all people. Like,
1: how we saw numerous... Nash's
3: yeah it it sounds like it it's the same sort of thing we've seen before where he would show up in places that were meaningful to us looking for us and it sounds like Nash may have met my father before I was even born
1: Hope will kind of cautiously walk over and offer a hug to Stanley
3: Stanley wouldn't move, but he wouldn't push her away.
1: And then I Hope will kinda of back away. What would you like to do?
3: I don't know. This is this is a lot. I'm I think I'm gonna be up for a good portion of the night probably trying to see what I can see in here um learn what I can if he knew everything that was gonna happen it means that he wanted me to wind up here for a reason and I need to find out what that reason was
1: yeah I'll go downstairs and keep the guys away Hope No, Stanley. Don't uh, I'm sorry for everything that's happened after the hand incident. It was never my intention. I didn't There's a big story to tell when we're ready to tell it. But I left because I was hoping I could save you all from something. It got a bit more complicated as things tend to do. So I'm sorry.
3: Stanley just nods. The top more, for sure.
1: Yeah. And then Hope will slowly leave.
2: Okay. And um all right, so Hope you descend the stairs to the second floor and you feel a presence you haven't felt for a while in that hallway. Can I have everyone else have their headphones off, please? As you descend the stairs and look down the hallway, you see the hooded figure of the voice. I'm going to put my hood on. (laughs) And he looks... You can't see his eyes. You just see the little bit of his chin and a small amount of his mouth, and he says, Are you quite done?
1: What do you want?
2: I fail to see the
1: purpose of this. Well, I fail to see the purpose of a lot of what you're doing.
2: (sighs) Your hand begins to get heavy and begins to burn, causing you
5: pain.
1: Hope will bite her lip and she'll just stare at him.
5: We must get to Pentavice now. You had perfectly good companions. I just wish to understand your thinking.
1: Just give it time.
2: Apparently satisfied with your answer for now? Do you... He doesn't really disappear. You just kind of blink and all of a sudden he's not there. Okay. <laughs> the, uni- <laughs> the universal sign for put your headphones back on. I feel like I feel like we've contributed to
3: to sign. You lightning.
1: know, it's all about what we accomplish in our lives. Yep.
3: That's the universal sign of headphones back on. You just frantically pat your ears. Mm-hmm
2: anyway um so hope you continue your descent downstairs to varel and nash who you as you walk outside to see what they're up to realize they've been listening in the whole time uh as uh kyle's stealth roll was a 26 oh <laughs> and he's damn. been related, and he's been relaying everything to nash this whole time so i heard so that you catch, whole you bit catch that them. i have
0: my headphones off for or no yeah, yeah. Oh.
2: Varel's been telling you. Varel rolled a 26 stealth roll. He's been listening, and he's been whispering back to you what they've been saying. So you guys know everything.
4: Well, and as we went upstairs, I'd like to imagine, if Nash is okay with it, that I wrote a piggyback on his underwear powers, and we floated <laughs> up to the second floor and watched through the window there, too. Yeah, Definitely happened. Totally For happened, sure.
2: Yeah. I'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Hope, when you go downstairs to the main floor, You kind of see a shadow moving about a little bit. And then finally, as you catch up to it, you see Varel piggybacked off Nash and they're floating in the middle of the cottage.
1: So I'm assuming you've heard everything.
4: Well done. Was that... Did you forge a friendship anew? For the record, I didn't hear anything. He told me everything.
1: I think we'll be okay for now.
4: Excellent.
1: But we stay down here. You do not go in that room unless Stanley asks you to.
4: Very good. We will tell Am him. Am I that you-
1: clear? And Very clear. She'll look up at Nash.
0: That's fine. It's not a problem. Okay. You we- can tell him how
4: you wrestled us back. How we would take no for an answer. But you, you defended the friendship that you made in that moment.
1: We'll see what happens.
2: All right, so um, we return now to you, John, alone in your father's old study, the book upon the altar, the mask upon the altar, a desk, and a giant globe that's like it's like eight feet tall, it's humongous, and papers all taped around the room. Is there anything you'd like to do, or
3: no, I think Stanley would probably up until bedtime or other interruptions uh he would probably spend. A good chunk of his evening till fatigue got to be too heavy uh you know looking at the book trying to to use the book saying things seeing how the book works trying to understand that he'd probably play with the mask a bit try and examine that he'd read what papers he could uh he'd probably look through the desk okay all that sort of stuff
2: Without having without making you have to guess a bunch of words and play this whole game as we get closer to the end of the show, I'm just gonna maybe lore dump now or information dump some of the subjects of your studies if that's acceptable to everyone.
5: Sure. Yeah.
2: Um and I won't do headphones off so you don't have to re-explain it later. We can, you know, do that shortcut. So um as you I imagine you would begin experimenting by selecting different subjects and trying to find out you know, what the entries are. And this very much is an unfinished journal. So, you know, when you open up Elhandar, uh, you know, there isn't the only entry that comes up is some small scribbled notes where your father was ranting about how the Elhandar are myopic in their, uh, and not ambitious in their scientific pursuits. So it's not really about Elhandar. It's not like a, a an encyclopedia. It's just his thoughts on it, which is like they're a bunch of, uh, had risk-averse people, and he didn't, he didn't like that. Right. Um, but as you continue studying, getting to know your father and what's in there, I will read for you the entries of note that you will learn something from. And the first that you stumble upon is one called The Occurrence of the Symptom of Adjacency is Caused by the Weir, inv- uh, Weir Invasion. And the notes are as follows. To get right to the point... I believe the weird invasion of Earth is causing the fabric of time to disentangle, producing adjacency byproduct, and what the N4SH anomaly refers to as time barf travel. It's a problem, and it's worsening the fabric of creation, I believe. As we know, all matter acts at the behest of regulated forces made by the gods themselves. So there's definitely no randomness to the universe, only randomness that exists, uh, that our limited existences can ponder. However, magic is all throughout creation, and yet not on Earth. When we came to Earth, it was mundane. Some more crass entities of creation might refer to it as a backwater shithole, but this is exactly why earth needs to be tended I believe there is a rip from the weir into mundane earth and it's causing magic to exist where it never did before and it is weakening the fabric of time itself the series of the principles N4SH anomalies is in fact a symptom of a larger problem and it's only getting worse and according to the N4SH anomaly it was begun by the principal in a a future time who has used the mundane Earth's technology to create beings from non-magical means, from this scientific approach as the Earthlings don't have magic they have innovated in ways that the gods themselves have never expected I can only assume that the principal's technologies are somehow fueled by weird energies but his lore and his tale, his religion seems to suggest the opposite I remain unconvinced the principal must be stopped the elves of Elhendar do not agree with my observation. They think I am a conspiracy theorist. Elhendar cannot stand by and let this technological man demon rend creation itself. The N4SH anomaly has mentioned a place he is from: the Solar Mines. I think I have found its location. And on this next expedition, I will attempt to discover it where it is. The entry ends. Uh, The other entry that comes across. um, Oh, no, wait. I think I read that. I read this information already. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there's one. All right. There's another entry that's of curiosity, which is the book seems to be titled uh, A Book of Adjacencies. And so one of the inquiries, if you speak the word adjacency, comes up, are his thoughts on adjacency, which is the following. We record many wave functions as having a dimension of time, yet what if time itself was a wave function? Are we living in the wake of some other ripple, which made some other ripple, and yet another? And at this ripple, like in the water trailing a boat... The water moves and churns at different speeds in relation to time. How does water decide to move through space? And if there was a multi-dimension, would there be a branch for each direction the ocean happened to move in? Or was the water always going to move in that direction? If it was always going to move in that direction, it means a force greater than itself is exerting itself on the chemical substance. What is the information in the dimension of time? Information we know well. Adjacency means that if there is a world of possibility, the simplistic branching view of what time is is woefully insufficient. Even a water molecule could move in 50 different directions. And if each water molecule of one world creates 50 different possibilities, or 5 million. Then maybe what the N4SH anomaly says about time is true, that it is barf, that it is its byproduct expelled into creation. And simply the thought, even to a mind as educated as my own, is maddening. I must know the answer to adjacency, I will consult with the mask again and see what I can learn. And that's the end of that entry. The remaining entries that you read contain maps and sketches, thoughts that go into great detail on your father's theories about time and theoretical physics for the most part. A lot of it a little way over your comprehension um, from your education on Earth. And you'll read that deep into the night. Right, That's how we're going to go. One other thing is that the book, the book did make reference to the mask, which is the mask sitting on the altar. And you notice as you look up, because it often references places like the solar mine and Earth, as you read and look up and look at the large globe, you see a red X in an area where, if you recall the map you were given, made by uh, Handsome Dan Dakota.
5: Mm-hmm
2: looks sh- strikingly to you like the area of the location of the solar mines marked on that map.
0: Oh, shit.
2: And, um, is there anything you'd, else you'd like to do this evening as you spend time with your father's journal?
3: Uh, no. I would definitely check out the mask, but I don't know if there's anything I could actually do with it.
2: Um, uh, add the mask of Elton fo- Elton 4 to your inventory and for a listeners benefit because it'll be very curious you spend some time examining it so you can learn this much information what's in the text uh, from it uh let me see i just got to find the mask now my creations did i put the word the in it
3: uh yes
2: okay sorry it helps me search for it because it goes by alphabetical so thanks uh let's see mask of elton four the mask of Elton IV is a beautiful and ornate dragon metal face mask with a chromatic array of embedded gems. It is magically weightless, but appears like a thin and beautifully crafted piece of metalwork. The mask has no band or mechanisms for attachment. It is simply placed upon the face and magically stays in place. Even while not attuned, the mask assumes a shape most pleasing to its wearer, including fully covered or partially covered. It only covers the face and does not extend to the full head. When the mask is worn and attuned to the wearer, it grants vision in the plane of adjacencies. To attune to this mask, one, was, one must wear the mask while successfully sleeping for four long restful, long rests. It gives you the following ability, peer into plurality, or plurreality. <clears throat> As an action, the wearer may attempt to peer into the realm of adjacencies. The vision into the realm of pure physical and metamagical possibility are too confusing for words to describe. All possibility enters the wearer's vision, and viewing physical time and manifestation causes mortal brains a serious amount of distress. The wearer may choose a number between 1 and 20. When that number appears on any d20 die roll visible to the whole table, or if the DM shares the die roll from behind the screen, you may change the result of any d20 bearing that number made for the roll. This is not a willful act by the player, but the sway of fate moving the player's observation of the planes. The wearer may choose any amount of numbers to retain in a single action. However, each number causes psychic damage. The first number deals 30 psychic damage, and each additional number selection doubles the amount of psychic damage than the previous, 60, 120, 240, 480. Carries over into subsequent later uses of the action. The damage counters reset by inhaling the fresh vapors of crushed Kashib herbs, plentiful in the Feywild and Biodome of Elhandar, or eating the heart of a time-flexible entity, before a successful long rest. Other magic and feats that change the result of a die roll occur before the effect of the mask, which means that intended magic and features that change die roll results do not exempt themselves from the mask. Once the number you've selected appears on a die, it is expended even if you choose not to change the result. If you have multiple numbers selected, only those numbers that have appeared on the D20 results of a given roll are expended. You cannot select the same number more than once if the wear of the mask dies to its psychic damage the wearer implodes like wrinkled paper into a fine point where the wearer blinks out of existence and cannot be resurrected except by the means of a wish spell
3: well, that's nuts Yeah. <laughs> very
5: cool that's
3: intense Is there
2: anything else you'd like to do with your evening or would we like to
3: no that that'd probably be it
2: all right, and um, Ash, Pharrell, Hope, anything? you going to leave Stanley alone? Is there anything that you'd like to do for this evening, or do we want to prepare for the next day? Keeping in mind that we're at time, but I was late for the show today. I don't know how much longer you guys want to go. It would be soon a breaking point as we could start the hunt on the next episode.
0: Yeah, I would probably just settle in, put the kids to bed, and settle in with Angel Ashy and call it a night
2: yeah seems like a good breaking point so why don't we do that uh we'll we'll fate we'll pull out the camera will pull out on stanley leaning up against the desk reading the book examining the mask and then with the big globe and soft candlelight glowing upon all the parchment as it pulls out and out and out and out and out and we fade to black and that's all for this week's there will be dungeons nice Everyone here deserves an Academy Award today.
0: <laughs> that was were, That's intense. This lore stuff all is amazing. Very, very cool. Nice job to the DM. Yeah. Damn. Sorry for being late. I was really pre-
2: jacked and prepared for the show. No. Yeah. Good good. yeah. So for our listeners, I a little late for the episode today. So if it's a bit shorter, that, that explains why. But it was a good one. It so.
0: was a good one for sure. Uh, so, uh, man, this is going to go places. So come back next week as the hunt begins. And more happens right here, on There Will Be Dungeons. If you would like to support us and help the show continue to thrive and survive, head on over to ThereWillBeDungeons.com and sign up to be a Dungeons Plus member. It's super easy, and you can find out all the details there. We do bonus shows. You get artwork in the mail. Lots of cool ways to uh, get cool stuff. Just got to sign up. That's it. ThereWillBeDungeons.com. That's gonna do it for us. Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next week.